One of my favorite things about working at Plugged In is that it's never, ever boring. Last week on the Plugged In show, for instance, we looked back at some of the biggest stories in the realm of technology and entertainment from 2021. And this week, we're going to do just the opposite. Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host of the Plugged In Show, focused on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, pop culture, and technology. Thanks for joining us today. You know, January, it's a paradoxical month, and it's a cold one too. (laughs) We spend time reminiscing on the year that was, and about three seconds later, we shift our gaze forward to ponder the brand new year on the horizon. And today, Paul A.C. Bob Hoos and I are going to do exactly that with a slate of upcoming films we think might have some relevance to your family. At this point, it's a little bit speculative. We haven't seen any of these movies yet, but it's never too early to get the big movies for the upcoming year on our radar. So we're going to flip that long-distance radar switch and draw a bead on what we can expect movie-wise in 2022. And you'll definitely want to stick around for our second segment as well, as I'll be talking with Skillet frontman John Cooper about his band's brand new album, Dominion, which arrives this Friday. Well, gentlemen, we're going to be talking about movies today, Mm -hmm. the family-friendly kind, the big blockbuster kind, maybe the the uh, outsider indie kind. The kind that's been in the can for two years. The kind that's sitting been in on the, the can for two years. <laughs> yeah. And maybe some Christian movies too. But I thought a fun way to dive into our conversation would be to ask you what movie you're looking forward to most this year. And we'll sort of use that as a trampoline into a bigger discussion about sure. uh, all of the other movies coming out this year, or at least the ones that matter. Well, I can tell you mine. Yeah. Yeah, it's a new movie that's coming out. Oh, I think it's coming out in the spring. It's early spring called Turning Red. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, essentially about this young girl who, you know how whenever you're embarrassed or in really tough situations, unsettling situations, you know how you can sort of turn pink or a little red because you're just embarrassed? Well, she doesn't just turn red. She turns into a giant red panda. So, uh, and, and it just looks like it's going to be a really cute movie. Okay. Well, that is definitely one of the ones that we have to look forward to this year. And yeah. we'll have to see how the conversation goes. I, we may have told us everything we need to know about that one. Oh, there's more to one. talk about. Oh, there's Paul, more to talk Paul, about. Paul, of course, has more to of talk course. about. Always. Um, he thinks it should have been a blue panda, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> no, not so much. Paul, what about you? What are you looking forward to Man, this year? Man, there's so many movies so that I'm many movies. interested to see. But I think the one that I'm going to go with for our purposes today is actually the Bob's Burger movie. Okay, say more. So the if Bob's, I were Burger, Bob's Burgers, what would I be exactly? So you would be sort of a, a cartoon, a little like The Simpsons. It's a family that makes burgers. They have a very difficult time making There's somebody named meat. Bob it's, involved. Yeah, yeah it's a, and that's it's a what Fox makes show. it really good. It's Bob's a, make a show. It, <laughs> it's thumbs up. <laughs> it's essentially a, a, this cartoon on Fox, and it has some serious plugged-in problems. At least the TV show does. But one thing that I love about it is they have these delightful little puns when they create their menu for burgers. And oh. so I'm, you know that I do like me some you puns. You do right? like you some puns. So that... some of them that have hit the show, Grandpa Munster Burger, oh. Beater Late Than Never Burger, which oh. comes with a side of beets, 
to wow. air is Kumin Burger. I, I oh, so wow. there's just there's a certain delight that I get when I review that show. That's right. Even though it has plenty of problems that we should probably talk about. Okay. And bobs. And, and bobs. Exactly. So I'm having a hard time as I look at the list of the big things coming out, thinking about what I'm most excited about. Like last year, I was thrilled that Dune was coming out. Like there were yeah. movies that I'm like, oh man, I really want to see that. There's a bunch of superhero stuff coming. We'll talk about that. I like some of those superheroes. They make interesting movies, blah, blah, blah. We'll talk about that. But I'm kind of interested to see what Mel Gibson does with the follow-up to The Passion of the Christ. And I don't know that it's anticipation so much as it's curiosity. So he has a movie coming out, and Jim Caviezel is reprising his role as Jesus and it's called the passion of the Christ, the resurrection and whatever you might think about the passion of the Christ, it was, it was a remarkable film. Oh, no question. Um, And I'll be curious to see uh, what they do. And and it's been what that was 2004. That was 17, 18 years ago. Hmm. I mean, that was a minute ago. So, so how, how has their perspective on Jesus changed, if at all? Mm-hmm. I'm curious. I, I'm really interested yeah. in seeing what's happening there. And we're going to be talking about some of the faith-oriented films on the docket. See, you're so much as more well. spiritual than we are. Well, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, yeah, we're, doing, we're doing Burgers. cartoons, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm curious. I'm yeah, curious. Yeah, yeah. So, Absolutely. Uh, it's a different kind of anticipation, maybe. Well, what are the big blockbuster and superhero movies that are going to be showing up this year that we're going to be seeing a bazillion commercials on, like say the winter Olympics here in a month or so Mm. what's coming our way. Well, first off we've got 10 superhero movies coming out. Hmm. 10. Is that all? All right. I can move on to the next question. (laughs) It's crazy. If you're including DC league of super pets, which should be interesting. Actually, I'm more interested in that than some of the other ones. I do have to say, crypto, one, crypto, the super dog, crypto, the super dog can't go wrong with that. The one that I'm, of course, most interested in is the Batman, which is coming out yeah. relatively soon. It's coming out in March. It was finally we're getting a Batman movie. <laughs> no, finally. finally, it's been I just so wish long. They'd reboot it again. <laughs> oh wait, <laughs> and and I'm really interested in it. I I couldn't put it down as a movie I'm looking forward to because as a Batman fan, you know, I I walk into these new reboots with a little bit of trepidation and the uh and the trailers make it look pretty dark, you know, yeah. and and I think that DC the branch of DC which includes Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, sometimes the movies can skew pretty dark and this yeah. one feels um difficult well, to Well, particularly when you navigate. when you consider Robert Pattinson who's the star, his quote about the movie is that it is the crazy and perverse version of the dark knight right. i jotted that down just to make sure i right. get exactly as what if he the said. dark knight was like a little golden book to start with that's right <laughs> well and that's exactly it right batman the character has always had some darkness about him but darkness. this one feels like like it goes in some some uncomfortable directions and i think that because because moms and dads are going to be hearing from their kids yeah. that they really want to go see this. This is the one that I am both most interested in, but also maybe the most anxious about yeah. Trepidatious. Yeah. Trepidatious. Yeah. Well, I, and let's let's face it, superhero films in general 
can make a parent feel that way. Mm. Because you never know at any turn where it may go. We've had some superheroes go pretty dark. And, you know, speaking of dark, there's the new Morbius right. that's coming out. And that looks incredibly dark. I mean, it's it's all tied into the Spider-Man universe. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so there's going to be a lot, especially with the last Spider-Man movie that just came out, there's going to be a lot of fans that are going to say, young fans, saying, oh, ooh, let's go see this one too. But this one looks... This one looks a lot yeah, darker. Yeah, I mean, Morbius is a vampire. Exactly. Spoiler and it, warning. It looks worse than Venom in some ways. Yeah. It, it really looks I was pretty, actually, whew. I was a little surprised that it wasn't rated R, to be honest with you. Just looking at the trailers, I thought that might have R-rated potential. It, and I don't think you have to be necessarily go dark for it to be problematic for parents, right? Right. right. You have Thor Love and Thunder, which is coming out, which if you're familiar with the Thor movies, the last one, Ragnarok, was super fun, very funny. Um, It had some issues with it, of course, as all these superheroes movies do. This one sort of layers on another level. Valkyrie, uh, one of the heroes from the other one, she is bisexual in the comics, and that is going to be sort of unfurled in this new version. So for families that are wary of that sort of content, that's something to be aware of. Well, and let me just say, we saw some of that also in the Eternals movie that came out late Mm -hmm. last year. And both Marvel and DC are reflecting that cultural stream. And so, and not only that, as we've talked about on the show, it's a rare movie or TV show these days that isn't dealing with that set of issues in some way, shape or form. Um, But it's just a reminder as parents that... We need to be ready to step up to that conversation. Well, and let's face it, anytime you've had success in a given area, and especially with like these superhero films, you've got to push the envelope. You've got to get, you've got to expand your view. You've got to try new things. You've got to continue to push it forward if you expect the crowds to keep coming in. Right, absolutely. And and when you see the tales from both the DC and Marvel cinematic universes, you're seeing that envelope pushing being done more and more and more. Even even just thematically, Mm -hmm. we know that, uh, that the Marvel cinematic universe is diving into this concept of the multiverse, and that can make things very weird very weird and you're seeing you know some demigods sort of show up a little bit more i was talking with someone the other day who actually brought up something that i thought was pretty interesting that the multiverse itself can be a little troubling to some christians well yeah because i think that we're getting a a picture of reality that that diverges from a christian understanding of reality that right. we have there's one it's a big story, but there's one linear overarching story mm-hmm. that goes from end to end. There aren't, you know, slightly different versions of that story uh, right. in some other universe. I mean, that's not, I think, orthodox theology, shall we say. Well, and, and you do have physics experts right. who say, you know, that instead of explaining creation in terms of a creator made this happen. They look at the universe and they see how improbable it is. And so in actual science, they're leaning more towards sort of a multiverse. Yep. There's an infinite number of, of mm. universes. And thus, uh, because it's infinitely impossible that we could be here right now talking, uh, if physics just had its normal way, there's got to be that infinity and in, in multiverse. And that raises a question for me. Now, does the new Puss in Boots movie... Does that fall under this superhero <laughs> multiverse thing too? 
because that's coming out. And I think that's an alternate universe. Yeah, that's right. Because I I actually think that one might be a a positive step in in the superhero (laughs) realm. Well, I love that you asked that because my next question is, you know, after we sort of sort through a lot of PG-13 action movies that are we know are going to be pushing the envelope, what are some of the things families might be looking forward to? Yeah. And of course, when the time comes, you can always come to PluggedIn.com and get exactly what you need to know and on the details. We will tell you the entire story. No, we won't. <laughs> but we'll tell you all you need to know. We'll tell you all you need but to know. But I'll tell you, going back to Puss in Boots, I, I loved the first one. Yes. Uh, which was, Antonio Banderas. Right. And it, and it came out, what was it? 2011, I think, I think, right? That's right. And so it's been a 10-year passage to get from there because they had okayed a number two straight away. And then it's just gone through all these problems. And then it eventually got to uh, 2018, 2019. And then along came COVID and finally <laughs> we're getting Puss in Boots. Yeah, it is an interesting trip. It's amazing sometimes when you look at the list that, yeah. that we have of the movies coming up, how long it's been between certain installments. You've got Hocus Pocus 2 that is coming out. That There's been nearly a 30-year... I was going to say, wasn't Hocus Pocus like yeah, it, 1998 or something? 72? Or? It was 1993, as a matter of okay, fact. So it's there been you nearly go. What was a guess? Because like, it's been a minute, right? Top yeah. Gun. Yeah. That's oh, 35 yeah. between the original well, and they've been promising that one like every other month that it was coming out for yeah. a long time. Yeah, but to answer your question, I I like Bob. I am very interested to see Turning Red. You yeah. know, Pixar has a tremendous oh, yeah. track record, right? They make some really beautiful, wonderful family-friendly movies. There are some elements that parents, I'm sure, were going to be warning them about. And this one is no different in that she, the main character, turns into a panda because her ancestors have a long linkage with that. So you're going to have some 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 spiritual spiritual elements that you're going to have to watch out for. But it does look like a delightful movie. It does. And the other one that I'm actually kind of interested in on the family-friendly side, The Bad Guys. What's that about? The Bad Guys. The Bad Guys. It doesn't have a release date yet, but it's a DreamWorks uh, cartoon, essentially, that features all of these evil animals. It's sort of like Suicide Squad <laughs> for kids, in a way. In that <laughs> that sounds really great, Mr. Paul. <laughs> Mr. Wolf and Mr. Snake. You know, Mr. Wolf is a pickpocket. Mr. Snake cracks safe. You have Ms. Tarantula. They all get together to avoid jail time to do some good things. And I'm just going to be curious to see what that movie is all about. Well, and I personally am interested, strangely enough, in Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Really? Um, Sonic the Hedgehog was the last movie I saw in theaters before COVID changed everything for us. Came crashing down. And I kind of loved it way more than I thought I was going to. Yeah, it was fun. It had some really terrific themes. And I I hope that they can continue the the family themes and the themes of sacrifice and friendship. And it looks like we get a ginormous dose of Jim Carrey's crazy villain. And I think um, there are some other movies coming out that are worth noting. Uh, There are several Christian movies. One of them is called Redeeming Love. Uh, and this is an interesting premise because it sounds pretty gritty. It's about a woman coming out of being a sex worker and sort yeah. of the redemption that she experiences. Another one that I've seen the trailer for a number of times now stars Zachary Levi. It's called The Unbreakable Boy, and he has a son who is both autistic and has a brittle bone condition. Oh, wow. And even in the trailer, he like falls and breaks bones several times, and it... Um, it looks like 
you better take all of the Kleenex you can get your hands on. Um, and that one comes out in March. And then there's a golf movie starring Pat Boone uh, called The Mulligan, which uh, I'm actually beginning to hear some buzz about as well. And as we get closer to that one in April, we'll let you know all about that as well. So any other standouts that uh, well, we need other, to, to call the, out there's here? There's the other Pixar movie, Lightyear, mm-hmm. that's, oh, that's coming yeah. out. And I think that one looks interesting too. That's it, It's in essentially a movie about Buzz Lightyear, the real person as compared to Buzz Lightyear, the toy from Toy Story. A little meta. And meta. yeah, yeah. And Circuit's it's, and, blown. And the person who does the voice is Chris Evans, who is Captain America. So it's an interesting little twist and turn in there. Yeah. I'm really going to be interested. I, I don't know if interested in the word is the word, but... Avatar 2 is coming out oh, later Avatar on in well, the year. Oh, that's right. And uh, it's coming out in December. Speaking about a film that's taken forever to get here. Yeah, you know, and, and it makes me wonder how many people still care about Avatar anymore. Yeah, you know, it was I such don't, a huge deal. Really? But, but I guess we'll, we will find out. And if I've learned one thing in this job, it's to never bet against James Cameron. That's right. Never, ever, ever. That's right. It's true. Well, as each of these movies comes out... Um, each week, obviously, at Plugged In, we'll give you a review of them. And uh, for those of you maybe who haven't used Plugged In very much, we go into detail on every different kind of content that you can expect to find. So we'll give you an overview of the story. We also talk about spiritual and positive elements, uh, any sexual content, violence, drugs, alcohol, profanity, so that whatever your pressure point is as a parent, the things that you're most concerned about, We'll give you everything you need to know to either make a decision to see it or not to see it, but also hopefully if you do see it, to have some great conversation well, and afterwards. That, and that applies to adult viewers as well, Absolutely. of course. Because, Absolutely. Because let's face it, there are a lot of discerning adult viewers out there that are concerned about some content issues. Uh, and we each have, as you said, our sticking points. Yep. And so whether you're a kid or an adult, uh, plugged in wants to try and serve your needs. That's absolutely right. Well, thank you, gentlemen. I look forward to plowing through 2022 and reviewing all of these, well, many superhero movies, it feels like, <laughs> yes, and indeed. everything else. Well, hey, everyone, we have a special treat today for our second segment of this week's episode of The Plugged In Show. I'm joined once again by John Cooper, and John and I have had a chance to talk a number of times over the years, and he has really become, I think, a friend and a friend of Focus on the Family and Plugged In. John, thanks for joining us today. What is up? I am a friend. I'm a friend of you, this show, Focus on the Family, all of it. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I am excited today because we have something super cool to talk about. You have a new album dropping tomorrow called dominion and you know when you are a a touring rock musician a new album is like the pinnacle right i mean that's kind of what you live (laughs) for is getting the new stuff out there and then heading out on tour i assume oh man new records are so fun it's because like it's like having a baby kind of uh it's not as great as having a baby but you get it it's like (laughs) you you work for so long and you're waiting and then you have like three months of press yeah. You know, like even after the record's done and uh, and then you have to wait and you promote and then all of a sudden it comes out and then you get to go online and you get to see people say this record's no good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I this mean, record- you just you got to just dismiss the haters at that point. Right. Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, wow, that was a lot of work for 
for not a good reaction. No, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it is an exciting time finally getting the record out. And especially when you feel, what's the right way to say this? When you feel like God's given you a, a, like a record for a time, mm. you know what I mean? Like this is the message for now. Yeah. And when I say that, I don't mean that I always feel that way. And I'm not even saying that some of our best records ha haven't been that way. I just think that it, you know how your life is. God takes you through ups and downs yep. and there are certain kinds of times. So I feel that this is a record for now. Uh, I, I feel that like, oh, I got to get this message out. And if I don't get it out, you know, the world's going to end. There's that kind of a feeling about this album. And uh, the world is not going to end, but no. still you get it. I do. Well, let's talk about some of the themes on the album and and maybe some of your favorite moments lyrically or song-wise. And I want to actually talk a little bit about the process of of creating an album, too, because I know sometimes people want that sort of glimpse behind the scenes. But we'll get to that in a second. John, as I listen to the album, it seemed like there is sort of a, a dichotomy between struggle on one hand and victory on the others. Is that... Am I hearing you correctly in terms of kind of the major themes of, of what's going on here? Absolutely. As always, you're, you're, you're a smart guy. You always <laughs> pick up on it. That is exactly what's going on. And, and that, of course, is, I mean, that's what's actually going on in our lives, right? right. That's what sanctification is. It's, it's struggle. I, we're still living in these flesh suits. <laughs> we're still here in this body that, that is dying. It's, yeah. it's in process of decay because of sin, yet I am filled with the spirit mm. and it is the spirit of life in me that is, you know, I am sanctified, but I am being sanctified. Right. And the victory is sure. The yes. victory belongs to Christ. The victory is for sure. But we have to walk out this battle and man, is it exhausting day after day after day. I'm like, okay, God, you said I'm more than a conqueror in Christ through him is what the word says. I don't always feel like a conqueror. What's the deal? Is your word true? Yes, I know your word's true. So how am I to deal with that? Every single day, it's exhausting. Well, I would imagine as a creative and as an artist, you have favorites. You're not supposed to have favorite children, but since your songs <laughs> are not alive, we can we can talk about them. Do you have a favorite new song on this album or maybe a couple? I do. I do. There's a song on the record called Destiny that is my favorite song. Um, this song, I'll tell you why, uh, very briefly. I'll tell it as quick as I can. It's basically this. My mom uh, died from cancer when I was 15. Hmm. Uh, me and my dad started fighting uh, the next week. <laughs> and me and my dad did not get along. We did not see eye to eye. He didn't understand me at all. I was an artist and into my all, all of my imaginary world. My dad was not like that. Long story short, I graduated high school. I moved out uh, two days after I graduated. See ya. Hope I never see ya. And mm. I was kind of like, I hope I never see him again. I don't even hate him. I just don't want him in my life at all. And long story short, when I began to really read the Bible, I was already a Christian, sad to say. But when I began to read the Bible for myself, I began to notice a theme. <laughs> <laughs> There's a theme, and that theme is called forgiveness. Huh. And First uh, John became my favorite book in the Bible. And First John says pretty frankly that if you say that you love God but you hate your brother, 
then you don't actually love God. There's this theme here happening that I'm supposed to forgive people whether they ask forgiveness or not. And I began to forgive my dad. Long story short, me and my dad have a great relationship. I love my dad. My kids get to have a grandfather, which is something I never thought they would have. And they love their grandfather. And and I will mention this. And also, of course, I realized that, guess what, John? You are actually not a good son as well. You need to ask forgiveness. But what I'm I'm telling this story because the Bible is so true. The Bible is so right that when you forgive someone, it's not like you're doing them a favor. Forgiveness is for you. Hmm. Forgiveness sets you free from this bitterness. I mean, the Bible talks about these roots that go down into your heart and they are bitter and they poison you. Anybody that's been around someone that's bitter and they've been carrying around grievance for years and years, you can just smell it on them. They are not Hmm. free. So I wrote this song, Destiny, as a testimony that this is my story, but it's also, I hope, to people listening, I'm encouraging you. And so it it asks this in the song. It says to the listener, is this the life that you want? Hmm. Like, are you living the life that you want? Are you the person that you want to be? Because no one is going to change it for you. It is a decision that you make to forgive someone. And so it leads up to, what is my favorite line of any song I have ever written in my whole career that says, um, I'm running towards the light. I'm free of all the rage I thought would never leave. This darkness ain't my destiny. And I love that because if you told me when I was 18 that there would be a time that I was not full of rage towards my dad, I would not have believed you. And that is a testimony of the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. Hmm. I love that. And you probably can't see it, but I have those very lines oh, underlined uh, as I as I listen. I want to ask you just a, a question about an artistic process, because I would imagine with every album, you're at a different place. You know, you're three or four or five years down the line. What was different or interesting or unusual this time around creating Dominion? And obviously maybe your answer is COVID. And if so, this will be a really short conversation. But uh, (laughs) what sticks out to you in the process of creating Dominion? I'll tell you what sticks out to me the most about this record that is absolutely brand new, never been heard before on a Skillet album. You see how I'm selling it? You see how I'm selling it? It's never been done on a Skillet record, people. Have to buy it. You have to, but it really is. It, <laughs> but it really is true. I mean, this is a very anti-establishment record. Okay. I think that what is different for me was I love the Bible. I've been reading the Bible for a really long time. I'm not a theologian or anything, but I understand the Bible fairly well. But I, I had this epiphany over the last couple of years of why the church is in the mess that we're in. How did we get here? What is different about this record is my belief that the Bible teaches this. Not everybody's going to agree with me, which is fun. No problem if you don't agree. (laughs) I believe that the Bible teaches this. This world does not belong to the devil. Hmm. Now, a lot of Christians would be like, oh, yeah, we know that. But let me say it again. A lot of Christians do believe that this world belongs to the devil. They believe that at the fall of Adam, that the devil basically owns the world. I do not believe that the devil owns the world. Other Christians might say, I agree with you. The devil doesn't own the world, but we don't always live as if we believe it. Yeah. Because Christ is Lord right now as we speak. 
Uh, you know, the Bible says that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. He is ruling in the midst of his enemies. That kind of opened my eyes to this idea that I had, and I think a lot of Christians have, that there is a huge neutral ground in the yeah. earth. No. And that neutral ground we call politics. We call the civil realm, civil government, the things we teach our kids at school, yada, yada, yada. It's just neutral. God, we're not going to bring God into that because it's a pluralistic society and yada, yada, yada. That changed radically over the last couple of years as I've understood there is no such thing as a neutral ground. Christ is Lord of the civil realm. He is Lord of the political realm. He's Lord of education. He's Lord of all of it but he is ruling in the midst of his enemies. So hmm. therefore me as a Christian, I do want God in the education system because guess what happens if God isn't in the education system? Another God with a little G takes control of that. And that's what we are seeing now. We are seeing a generation of kids being taught at school that there is no God, there is no meaning. And so therefore they're taught sex education, radical gender theory and all this they're separating sex from meaning yeah gender from meaning separating life from meaning uh the things that we see all around reality from meaning and so i'm not trying to say that you will listen to the new skillet record and you'll say wow john's talking about how <laughs> the the education system is has taken uh you know has separated sex from meaning you're not going to get that but you are going to hear the anti-establishment mood especially in the song Dominion. Mm. That's what the song Dominion is about. It is saying to the government, you do not have a right to overstep into my authority over my mind, my body, my children. I have the right to govern my children, not the state over me, right? And in a state that does that has become idolatrous. And that is a state that is trying to usurp the authority of Christ as mm. Lord over all nations. So you're going to hear those things. That's what Dominion is about. There's a line in the song that says, uh, it's the second verse of Dominion. It says, colliding chaos, pre-programmed robots, no dissent allowed at all, a 40-foot golden idol. It's not your place. I'll never bow down to the power state. All that is talking about is a government that sees itself as God. That is a God of chaos it's going into territory it does not belong in that is sort of like Nebuchadnezzar's 40-foot golden mm -hmm. idol saying you must do this or else you'll be put to death. So that's a really long explanation, uh, but it, this is the anti-establishment. No, it is a Christian position, I believe, to say to the state, you are not God. You mm -hmm. may not cross these lines. Well, I love the thought and the intentionality that has gone into it. And I think one of the reasons we review music at Plugged In is because, you know, music, unlike a movie or a TV show or even a video game, I mean, my favorite music, I've listened to those songs thousands of times. And so I think as you are infusing the songs that you're creating with your band with those messages, it challenges us and it helps us to think in a more biblical way. So I love hearing your passion for it and I love hearing the thought that has gone into that process. Cause I think sometimes you just buy an album, you listen to it. You don't really think about the fact that, Oh, you know, somebody made this thought went into it. There's intentionality here. So thank you for giving a little glimpse of, 
of what's going on there. Um, we need to wrap things up. Any final thoughts that you would like to share with our Plugged In Show audience today? Oh, man. Well, you know, probably just as a last, you kind of asked me and I didn't really get into it, but probably just briefly, this is a little bit of a different skillet record. I can't always judge it because I'm the artist and sometimes I, I kind of don't know what's different. Yeah. Every single person that I've talked to is like, man, this record is heavier. Uh, this record is loud. It's screamy. I, and I'm like, I guess it is. I can't always tell, but it makes sense to me because I do think there's a lot of passion in, yeah. in, in the lyrics and it needed to be said with a lot of force. But what most people have said overall is not that the lyrics are heavy. They have found that the lyrics are very positive. And so I, I decided that I would call this record a, a it's a positive rebellion. It, it, <laughs> it's being rebellious against those forces that want to rule over your life. And so, um, you know, I talked to somebody, they're like, man, I was really struggling with just a hopeless feeling that the world is never going to get better. Like we're never going to be able to properly go back to work. It's never again going to be, you know, this is his words. Okay. But he said, your song surviving the game. It just made me want to just continue the fight. And I said, that's exactly what this record is supposed to do is very positive. And so some of the screamy elements like in surviving the game, I don't know what else is there to do, but scream about it sometimes, you know, <laughs> I can be unstoppable, gotta, you know, it's like you're facing it. So I really do hope um, that when people hear the record in general, I just hope the vibe they have is whatever comes my way, especially if you're a Christian, but honestly, even if you're not a Christian, people are, are you have a, people that aren't Christians have a decision to make. They still can choose to just give in or they can choose to try to, you know, fight their battles. Right. But especially for Christian people, we have sure victory. Mm. And so my, my encouragement is that, Hey, whatever's coming your way, you know, that you can face it, not because you are awesome, but because our God is awesome. Mm. He fights our battles for us. We just have to, to tap in to the fact that it ain't about us. And we have to tap into the fact that, okay, I have a battle today and I know I will lose unless Christ fights for me. Hmm. And so I want to encourage Christians. I really hope that you listen to the record. I hope that it encourages you to face those battles and to try to give a little bit of hope to so many people, Christians or otherwise, who frankly are not winning the battles. I mean, I know people that have, it's so sad. I know people that, that had been clean and sober for five, six years that found their way back to alcoholism because they've been sitting in a house for a year and they're, they're down, they're depressed. They don't have anybody to talk to. And uh, I feel so bad for them and I want to be there for them. So I hope that this can do that for some people. Well, I love that message. And I think that is a great place to end our conversation today. So John, thanks for spending some time with us today. I loved it. Have a great one. Will do. Thanks, John. Well, now it's time for a part of the show we like to call... Culture Countdown. In this segment, all of us have an extraordinarily generous 30 seconds. <laughs> so generous. Talk about a technology or entertainment related story uh, and just give us the give us the big picture. And by big picture, Paul, I mean what you can tell us in 30 seconds. So I know that I don't know why you're looking at me that uh, way. Well, I know that you're 
you struggle with this particular limit. But uh, there we go. You got 30 seconds to tell us something, and I'm actually going to pick on you to go first today. So, Oh, does that mean I can take up everybody else's time? That does not mean that. Are you ready? Oh, sure. Why not? All right. I'm good. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. So we are all familiar with TikTok, right? Yes. We know that there's some problems with it, but that will not keep TikTok from not showing up in a number of businesses all around the world. 19,000 businesses are going to get a TikTok channel what? thanks to the Atmosphere Network, which actually takes you know a number of channels and brings them into Burger Kings and Taco Bells and all sorts of stuff. So we will be treated to TikTok. Now, they say that the videos will be completely family-friendly. I think family-friendly is a great place to land. Yeah. It sounds like maybe there's more to the story, though, so you'll have there to go... Is to the episode notes for today's show to find out, as Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story. <laughs> there you go. Mr. Hoos, yeah. do you have something for us today? I do. I do. Yeah? All right. Are you ready? Count me down. All right. Three, two, one, go. I'm going to talk about a death. Ooh. BlackBerry, that innovative smartphone has now died. No. It's been pl- unplugged. And they blame it on the iPhone. Back in 2007, when the iPhone first came out, BlackBerry was at the top of the heap. Yes. And now, 14 years later, BlackBerry is RIP, and the iPhone just announced that it is the first, or Apple, the first $3 trillion U.S. company. All right. Small cheat at the end there. I'm going (laughs) to... I'm going to warn you. You're getting an an official warning. (laughs) A slap. Ow. (laughs) But that's pretty interesting. I didn't even know. Well, I want to talk further about this story, but then I would be breaking my own rules. You'll have to go to the show notes. I got to go to the show notes to check it out. So which one of you would like to do the honors for me? I've got it. Are you ready? I'm ready. Three, two, one. Well, it wouldn't be a plugged-in show if we didn't talk about smartphones and screen time. So let me piggyback on what you said, Bob. There's a new study out that shows not only are smartphones causing the kind of anxiety and mental health issues that we've talked about over and over again, but there is an indication that excessive smartphone use during the pandemic is worsening people's self-control, that people are making more impulsive decisions, and that it has increased their fear... Their fear. It's just their fear. Family-friendly and fear. Do yeah. you guys see the discipline I exercised That's there? That's right. You I did. didn't even give you one more word. You did. Like so let that be a model for next week. Yeah. Let that be a model. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is Culture Countdown, and we'll be back for another installment of Who Cheats and Who Doesn't <laughs> next week. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks again for spending some time with us this week at The Plugged In Show. What movies are you looking forward to seeing this year? What movies do you know your kids are going to want to see maybe you're not so sure about? Let us know on Facebook or Instagram or shoot us an email at team at thepluggedinshow.com. 
And as we get started with 2022 in earnest, yeah, I know we had a podcast last week. This is our second one of the year. We would also like to say thank you to everyone listening to the Plugged In Show this week. So today, for a gift of any amount, we would love to send you a copy of Paul Acey's book, Burning Bush 2.0, How Pop Culture Replaced the Prophet. You'll find a link to order that book in the episode notes for today's show, as well as on the Plugged In blog entry for our conversation. Or just give us a call at 800-A-FAMILY. Well, thanks so much again for taking time to join us today. We hope your 2022 is off to a terrific start. And we look forward to connecting with you again next week on another episode of The Plugged In Show. Just as we pick good food for our children, we want to make sure that we're picking good kind of spiritual nutrition for our children as well. And so I think providing them clubhouses has provided some of that spiritual nutrition for them. You can help your kids grow in their faith with Focus on the Family Clubhouse and Focus on the Family Clubhouse Junior Magazines. Great resources for your family at focusonthefamily.com slash clubradio.